Lord encamps around those who fear him and deliver him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them out of all of them. Somebody give him a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here. Speak to your people, Lord. Mend their hearts, strengthen their frame. I bring my towel and my basin to wash their feet with your word. It is not about you, me, but it is about you and about your people. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Psalms 34 proves to us that God is better than you thought he was. He's more good than you thought of. So in case you're worse than you thought you were and other people think you are worse, God's goodness will still find you. Can I get an amen? The psalmist said, he delivered me from all my fears. Worry and fear, seven-day plan we can create. On Monday, let's stress out over the economy. On Tuesday, let's dread next year's workload. On Wednesday, fear and worry, you'll say number and name all the communicable diseases which might, you might be vulnerable to. On Thursday, we will list the reason that we could be unemployed by next year's end. On Friday, we'll calculate the number of ways we might die on an airplane and then never get on one. On Saturday, we'll envision life after a terrible car accident. And on Sunday, we will write a written record of all the characteristics that people don't like about us. And if that's not enough, calculate the ones you don't like around the people you live with. Come on, somebody. That's called sunbathing on the seashore of dread and worry. Worry is to joy what the Hoover vacuum cleaner is to dirt. You might as well attach your heart to the happiness sucker and flip the switch because worry and fear will suck every bit of joy outside of you. But I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. Fear and worry wonder if anyone is in control. God's word declares in Philippians 4 19, God will take care of everything we need. Fear whispers the lie. God doesn't know what you need. God's word reasons that if at least you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your father give good gifts to those that ask him? Can I get an amen? Worry and fear says you're on your own. It's you against the world. But the word of God shouts with might and belief and power. If God be for me, he is more than the world against me. Somebody give him a praise this morning. The psalmist says in Psalms 34, for, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Look at your neighbor and say, the Lord is good. I don't know if anybody's ever put together two things to eat that you loved one and you hated the other. When I grew up, the only vegetables we had in our family was potatoes, macaroni and cheese, green beans and corn and fried okra. Come on. You know, on steak night, mom would make a small salad, but you never could have convinced me in the 70s living in Cali that I today would love just a bunch of field greens with dressing and meat on it. I'd have said, you're crazy. I need me some okra and some green beans but one day somebody took something I didn't like called broccoli and they smothered it with a beautiful cheese sauce can I get an amen I'm getting you ready for your lunch come on somebody and then I loved it I want to tell you that that's what God does oh taste and see that the Lord is good he makes all things work together for the good you see they dominated my broccoli with a sauce God takes things I don't 
like and he mixes it with things I do like and all of a sudden my pain showed me what healing was my suffering showed me what glory was my trial showed me what victory was the master chef takes what is bitter what is spicy what is tasteless and he sprinkles his glory in it and he says all things will work together for your good somebody give him a praise this morning look at your neighbor and say calm down pastor Rhonda (laughs) God does not promise us a life of ease as the psalmist lays out in Psalms 34 but he does promise a life of deliverance and victory David said I sought to the Lord I sought the Lord and I looked to him in loving trust and he heard and he delivered me from all my fears that sought is Darash in Hebrew and it means what you think it means to seek to consult to trust God with all the things in your life to turn to him first for deliverance and salvation not as a genie in a bottle God doesn't work for me I work for him you see before I can know him as friend I had to know him as Lord when I received him you see I trust as the song said this morning in a God who will never fail he is the author of tomorrow and he is ordering all our steps and the psalmist said your face will become radiant because when you turn to God God takes your face and lights it up with his glory and you proclaim to the world we are more than conquerors through him who loved us and gave his life for us can you give Jesus a praise this morning hallelujah Psalms 34 will preach all by itself I could just preach the chapter and add nothing to it but since I'm an exhorter and since I like to give you maybe an understanding you might not have outside of the preaching of the word Psalms 34 is powerful it's strong it's poetic each line brings so much hope but the reason it brings hope it has the rise and fall between trouble and victory between pain and glory you see the psalmist couples what he's going with with victorious statements to give you hope and to give you a future you see he says I will praise the Lord continually well I don't have to be taught to praise God when everything's going good can I get an amen no one has to teach me how to praise God and get excited the psalmist wouldn't have said rejoice in the Lord always and Paul echoed it if not that on this world in this world there would be loss and disappointments that will not make sense this is the only place that you will worship God you'll worship him in heaven you're gonna have a beautiful life when he calls us all home but you'll worship him there without pain this is the only place that you can come into the house of the Lord with your heart breaking with bad news on your back with your body weak with your kids messed up and say I will bless the Lord at all times somebody give him praise this morning I love that I love the sacrifice of beautiful praise from God's people I remember when Christy Martin knelt over here back before she started chemo and radiation and what a holy sight because it was worship that cost her in the early days of the church someone was coming out of something and I was working with them and they had a major relapse and got back into the activity and on that Sunday night they stood here we had Sunday nights then and they didn't even worship the Sunday night before they're bouncing off the walls and running around the building it was a female and I said to her 
later because I was her. She knew that I knew what she had done, what happened to her. And I said, "You praise God last Sunday, like He was powerful." She said, "But this week, I found out how weak I am." I said, "You know what? There's no more beautiful praise than when you fail, when you mess up, when you said something you wished you had not said, when you went through something, when you had a week of just slug on a snail. Come on, somebody! You didn't even think about God, but when you enter the door and the music begins to play." And you begin to say, I will bless the Lord at all times. That's a praise that gets heaven's attention. Somebody give him a shout of praise. David penned the words to Psalms 34. I will praise him at all times. People are radiant. I don't want to say this to you this morning. Your hallelujah is strong. It blesses us. Your praise blesses us when you say God has been so good to me. I love the shouting and the singing in this house. I love the legacy of faith because he inhabits the praises of his people. You can come in here and say, well, I didn't feel anything, but you are in the residue of the praises going up and God coming and being in the atmosphere. Atmosphere. And when you go out, you say, I didn't get nothing out of today. Well, it was for the Lord and not you. But let's continue on. But this is the deal. But you go home and you sleep a little bit better. You go home and you get up a little stronger. You go home and things are a little bit easier because you were in the residue of God coming in the midst of his people. And it doesn't get any better than that. Somebody praise him this morning. So that's powerful. But when we know... When we know the circumstances of your praise, that's what David's bringing you into. He's, and I'm going to tell you in a minute what he's praising God for. When we know the trial you were going through, we understand better your praise. When you get specific, or Pacific, when you get specific, or go Atlantic, I don't care. When you get specific about what he's brought you through, and you share how he's brought you through, we get the narrative and the backstory. In literary works, whether written or on the cinematograph, the screen, let's just go with that. Words are failing me this morning. When you go into a movie or you read a book, often they will give you the narrative. They will give you, they will prefigure what is happening so you will understand the storyline. Sometimes we need to know how you almost brought, bought, lost your praise, but God gave it back to you. Can I get an amen? Sometimes we need to know what he brought you through. And all of a sudden, in perfect cinematography, we see why your praise is so powerful. We feel it and we understand. Can you say amen? Everyone needs to uh, refine and define a five-minute testimony. This was Pastor Hanks. <laughs> We're eating at a restaurant and they say, here's our wine list. And I knew it was coming. I'm just counting on my fingers. I'll give him five seconds and he's going to say it. He goes, no, 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 thank you. I stopped buying alcohol and cocaine and marijuana and all of that many years ago. And he goes, and then I started buying houses. So today I enjoy what I own instead of giving my money into substance. And I'm telling you, every waiter was like, you need to perfect some kind of three minute what God did for you because there's a story behind your praise. We need to know about your trial. We need to know about the backstory of why you trust him. He didn't fail you then, and he won't fail you now. He didn't fail you then, and he won't fail you now. I think I'm going to say it one more time. He didn't fail you then, and he won't fail you now. He will not fail you. Somebody. 
somebody give him a shout of praise. So this psalm will preach all by itself. It's an acrostic psalm, which I learned at 4 o'clock on Mondays at Lee University in the hot room of 305 in Behavioral Social and Sciences. With my one eye opened as they taught psalms. It's an acrostic psalm, which means every beginning of every sentence, it meets the word of the alphabet of the Hebrew language, which is pretty powerful. It's like you go try to write a story, A, B, C, D. That's what they did. It is beautiful. But I think you need to know what was going on in David's life when he penned this testimony. Would you like to hear? He was a fugitive, 1 Samuel 21. It's a beautiful the scriptures together because often they'll give a title of what was going on in someone's life when they wrote this psalm. That's so you understand the testimony. Your praise will be more. David was a fugitive. He was an exile. He was completely alone. This is after he killed Goliath. This is after they begin to sing the song, Saul has slain his thousand, but David has slain his ten thousand. This is after this mighty warrior in battle cut the head off of Goliath. But here he is in this psalm completely alone. No food, no weapon, not looking like a king. You know, we forget the down period in people's lives. Can I get an amen? We love when Moses is found in the basket. And we just, whoo, there comes a deliverer. God is doing something mighty. But then it's 80 years till he tells Pharaoh, let my people go. Come on, somebody. We can't wait 80 days. And here is David, anointed as king by Samuel. But he's on the run because Saul wants to kill him. He's hiding in caves. We forget the down period of Joseph of 17 years. The test of faith is not whether or not we will have troubles. The test is what will we do with our troubles? What will you do with your troubles? What will you do with your difficulties? And in 1 Samuel 21, he is on the move is when he penned this psalm. He's barefoot, he's hungry, he's alone, and he's hunted by the king and all the king's men and all the king's horses. He goes to Nob, he goes into the house of the priest, he asks for bread, and here he is. And you have to wonder, because I wonder in seasons of my life, I'm sure you do too, let's be real here. This is what anointed looks like. This is what anointed and called by God looks like. I'm barefoot. I'm being pursued by Saul. I don't have a weapon. I don't have any food. Well, if you polled the Fox News audience, they'd say there's no way that man will ever be king. The problem with the trajectory of our ideals and our opinions is we forget who is writing the epic story in every life. We forget that the I am that I am. He's the author and he is the finisher of our faith. Somebody praise him. Here he is after having killed Goliath. Here he is after they had sung the song about him. And there he is. You know, here's David in the darkness of his soul, not knowing what's going on. It's okay if right now you're saying about a situation, this is not what I ordered. This is not what I asked for. This is not what I envisioned. You see, in the trial of not knowing and not having things work the way we want to, and we realize God's not a vending machine. I don't put in 25 cents of praise, five cents into the tithe, four cents for using my gas to drive up to this establishment. And furthermore, I'm going to do this, then I expect you to do everything the way I want you to do it. God does not work for us. We are his children and we work for him. 
He is not a genie in the bottle that we get three wishes, but we trust in his kindness and we build our theology around his goodness. And I'm telling you, in moments like this with David and moments like you may be having, we learn a childlike simplicity of humility that says, I can't even figure out what's going on, but I know that God is good. Blessed are those that wait for him. Can you say amen? He's between a rock and a hard place as I calm down for a moment and I'll build back up in a moment but hidden in this season listen to me by the spirit this just really came to me this morning hidden in this season is something David didn't expect hidden in your season of trouble your season of waiting is something you didn't expect to find God went ahead of you and he hid it for you a treasure a treasure you see, he's there. I love it. Bill Johnson, a pastor of Bethel, talked one time about his, their Easter egg hunks. Do not tell Skylar how they do it at Bethel. But they hide money in Easter eggs. And there's a big bill in the golden egg. You know what I mean? And it's hidden. And one time his son, Brian, his son said to Daddy, let's just cut the chase. You know where the golden egg is, so I'm asking you and I want to know. And he told his daddy, Bill Johnson, I couldn't say no to him. He had the courage to ask. Some of us need to ask, God, what have you hidden in this season for me? What have you put as a treasure in this season? It doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. I didn't expect it. But what have you hidden in my spiritual house that only you can give and only you can do somebody give the Lord a shout of praise this morning hidden in that house and all of a sudden he says to the priest do you have a weapon he goes no 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 there's only one weapon in this priest house the sword in which you killed Goliath with is hidden in this house now, the reason I know that David didn't know that because David was surprised. It wasn't like a museum. Let's, every four days, let's go visit the museum and see the sword that I took away from Goliath. It was a revelation to him. He says, here is the sword in whom you killed Goliath with. I love it in moments of twist and turns that God, the divine orchestrator, can hide something on purpose at just the moment it needs to be found. In the middle of some situation you don't want to be going through, God says, I'm going to give you character. I'm going to give you joy. I'm going to give you purpose perseverance I'm going to remind you of former battles Psalms 31 and 19 oh how great is his goodness which he has laid up which he has stored up which he has put on purpose God hid the sword of Goliath for the moment that David felt barefoot abandoned deserted and God has hidden for you a treasure in the middle of your situation I wish I had a friend that would praise him today God reminds him of his strength. You see, in something you went through, God put grace inside of you that now is arising to this occasion. Something you went through, God put strength in you. It's rising to the occasion. What David had to remember is his words when he felt deserted. His words to Goliath. 
You come to me with your sword and your shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And this day, God's going to give your carcass to the birds of the air. And David ran out to meet him. I'm going to tell you, God will remind you what you declared in former victory. God will remind you of confessions you made. God will remind you of a wall of prayer you had. God will remind you of a perseverance of a former battle in which you gained the victory to tell you if it worked then it will work now I am with you I am for you there is victory in the name of the Lord come on somebody God has reminded me recently of the night in Cedar Valley 1984 in January when he said to me just praise after all the healing in my heart he said just begin to praise me and in that moment the Lord did the impossible and restored me to my husband a longer story than that for another day but God recently said Rhonda I want you to start walking your halls I've had some minor physical irritations just irritants and they always comes seems like on Saturday come on somebody and they came with a vengeance yesterday a vengeance and in those moments God will say begin to praise me for every victory I've ever given you begin to glorify me begin to speak put me in remembrance says the Lord of every mighty thing that I've ever done and begin to praise because God put strength in you grace in you wisdom in you and he anointed you in your last trial and that anointing is rising to the surface even now says the spirit of the Lord somebody praise him David was anointed in the presence of his enemy and that anointing began to and he said about the sword there is none like it I'll take it I'll take it and he left the priest's house with a sword he took off of Goliath as a memory of what God did before. God is most visible in our times of weakness, even as the Apostle Paul said, the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Can I get an amen? And he says that God heard him as he's writing this, pinning this at this time. And other things happened to him that you can read later during the time of the writing of this psalm. But what he's saying is God heard me. What does it mean when God hears you? It means God uses divine intervention whether you know it or not to make a way where there is no way. Can I get an amen? He is always right on time he knows no delay or hurry all he knows is he's going to show up and be faithful I sought the Lord and I cried to him and he delivered me from all my fears somebody give him a shout of praise this morning he says all fears the totality of fears which means the sum total every fear size shape people say you shouldn't be afraid of that you know they'll say you shouldn't be afraid of that why are you afraid of that why are you afraid of that? But the deal is you are afraid of that. In the Old Testament, there was a giant by the name of Saph whose name means to snatch away. He was a, a giant of fear that came against God's people. And that's what often we see. Fear wants to snatch you away. But David says in Psalms 34, during this time in his life, he says, the angels of the Lord encamp around those who trust in him. Someone say hallelujah. And that word in the Hebrew, you're not going to believe this. You want to talk about the ultimate paradox? You want to talk about the ultimate counter move on the big chess game of life? The name camp in the Hebrew means 
chains to snatch away, to tear away, to rescue you. You see, fear comes to snatch you away, and God all of a sudden says, oh, no, 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 you're not doing that. I'm snatching them back because I am God. Someone give him a shout of praise this morning. Josh, come help me if you would. I still got some time to preach. Look at your neighbor and say, I sought the Lord. And the powerful thing is, the warrior that defeated Saph was Sabaka, and his name means to surround, to surround. Just as we sang this morning, I didn't coordinate that, neither did he. We are surrounded by our Holy Father. Can you get an amen? And the Bible says that there is a magnet that is so powerful. You know the funny thing? This is a bracelet that's a magnet. I have to be careful when I wear it because I walk around with paper clips on my wrist all day long because all I've got to do is do this, and it picks up everything. Thing. That's what the enemy tries to do with you. He takes a magnet and tries to draw you close to him. But God gives you another magnet, and that is resist the devil, and he shall flee from you. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Can you say amen? When I was growing up as a child, I lived in Alabama, Birmingham. Mignon and others will relate to this. And the tornadoes were so bad, I was so little. We were all underneath six. My brother was a baby. We were all underneath six. And my mom would often, we would sleep in her king-size bed when there was a tornado, all of us. And I learned during that time that my mama kept a pistol underneath her pillow. I come from a gun-toting mama. She kept a pistol. I touched her time. She goes, take your hands off of that. I said, what is that, mama? None of your business. <laughs> She kept a pistol underneath her pillow because daddy traveled a lot in ministry. But we would lay in bed with her and it was so wonderful. But when the sirens were started in Birmingham, because I didn't know we lived in such an intense area of the country for tornadoes, mama would get us all down on the floor. And she would take us little girls and she'd get my brother out of his bed. We'd all go in her room locked in. And she would lay down with us in calmness. I'm sure outside she was, inside she was screaming. But outside, she kept her arms around us and say, stay, stay, on, stay on your face. Stay on your face. And the sirens in Birmingham at that time were deafening. The rawr, rawr, I mean, you just thought the end of the world. But mama said, I got you, babies. I'm with you. This morning, I wept this morning thinking that is the epitome of what God does. He pulls us out. He pulls us in. He lays his hand upon us. He says in the middle of the damaging winds of the world, I've got you. I'm surrounding you. Do not fear. Can someone say amen? He says in Zechariah, I will be a wall of fire around you, says the Lord. I tell you that thing about, um, I'm going to need, I'm going to need about an extra five minutes. Can I get it? Because I've got an illustration involving people. Not, 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 not there, not there yet. There you go. I was thinking about this this week. Sometimes this is hard to revisit. My high school best friend was in town. Hadn't seen her in 42 years. And she was with her husband and their best friends, great Mennonite brethren, people of California. They asked me to tell about the night that my husband collapsed. And, of course, we're sitting at Cracker Barrel, and tears just streamed down my face. But I do remember this. As I look back on it, of that collapse, and I look back at the 911 call, Lana Cantrell told me that the person that took the call had to leave the building and walk around it crying her head off. Because she heard me crying on the Lord and doing CPR. Oh, my husband saying, please help me, please help me. And 
my children know this and someday we're going to share what, how we went through this storm together but the paramedics the police were there but this is what I know looking back there was something that was just holding me up when I wanted to die and I know that the Lord said I won't say my address for podcast purposes thank you Lord but I know that the Lord said send angels ahead because God always goes in the fire before you send angels down there I know there was more angels around the police and the paramedics as they fought for his life I know as I drove to the hospital with a mask on praying in the spirit underneath my breath the whole time was ushered into a private room by myself it was 1.32 in the morning there's no reason to call anybody we were, we were fighting life and I just knew the Lord said it's you and I we got this but I know as I stood in that room, there was more angels in that room where I was praying than could fill that whole hospital. I know I didn't see their hands on me. I know I have the Spirit of the Lord who is mighty and how I love you, sir. But I know the angels of God had hands on my shoulders. And as they walked me down for that last moment, they said after 45 minutes trying to bring him back to see him one more time. When I went in there, I know an angel pushed me to his feet as 20 people were everywhere machines I mean, they were fighting like crazy heads up and a blessing to those good people and as I got down at his feet and began to speak to him I know then that heaven was surrounding me I know heaven was there and you have your own story of when you walk through darkness when you walk through sorrow when you got news that shook your heart you were never alone but the angels of the Lord they encamped around those that fear him somebody give heaven a shout of praise hallelujah hallelujah they encamp around you they surround you God snatched me from fear in that very hospital room and then you know he came back to life never will forget Austin there's one nurse I don't know who she was but as I had said everything I would say to him to come back to me and kept my hands on his feet and knelt down and Right before then, she reached over and took my hand, and I could hear her underneath her mask, quoting scriptures and saying, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And then, as you know, his pulse, the room went crazy. When it, and paramedics wrote about it online. They'd never seen anything like it when he came back. He came back for us to have a proper goodbye. He came back because the angels of the Lord said, we're going to give his children and his wife. I know that doesn't happen for everyone, so I'm mindful when I say those words. But I want to tell you, regardless how it ended I love the Lord I sought the Lord and he heard my cry he delivered me from all my fears he snatched me away from fear he tore me away from fear it is the ultimate checkmate in your life God's presence God's grace is more sophisticated than all the fear in the world he has got you somebody give him praise in this house hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. King Jesus, I love you. I love you. I praise you. I praise you, Jesus. You are my healer today. You are my restorer. You did it then and you will do it now. You did it for this church then and you will do it now. King Jesus, we know it's beyond us, but it is not beyond you. Can you say amen? Amen. Just lift a hand and say, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Psalms 18, some testimonies. I cried out to the Lord, the psalmist said. 
in my distress and my delivering God heard the cry and the sobs of my heart the passion says translation came right into his heart thank you King Jesus and he turned his face to rescue me he turns his face to rescue you I can't preach Psalms 18 I have before but read it if you want to know what happens behind the veil when God comes to answer he shakes the earth he is powerful can I get an amen Micah gives testimony in Micah 7 and 7 but as for me I will watch and hope for the Lord I will wait for my God my Savior he will hear me Jonah wrote and penned his testimony in my distress I called to the Lord and he answered me from the realm of the dead Jonah said I called for help in the belly of the well my prayer rose before him my life was ebbing away if you feel in moments your life is ebbing away your cry goes before the throne can you say amen and he said you brought my life up out of the pit salvation comes from the Lord can you say salvation comes from the Lord Jeremiah says in Lamentations 3 I called on your name when they threw me in the pit I thought I was going to die God I thought it was the end of me but from the depths I called on you from the very pit if you're in any kind of pit today or someone you love call on the name of the Lord you heard my plea you came and I love what this says you came near and when I called you you said do not fear. Lord, you redeemed my life. I'm going to tell you, he is always the fourth man in the fire. He goes into the fire before you go in. He goes into the lion's den. He went into your last trial, your last response. We're not talking about horrible things happening to anyone. I'm merely sharing my part. I've gone through just trouble and difficulties. But I will say for you and I, I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. What he did on Calvary is more than enough. I sought the Lord and God sent his son Jesus to the earth and he died a criminal's death and he was buried in a tomb I sought the Lord and the spirit of the Lord raised Jesus up to the right hand of almighty God I sought the Lord and King Jesus is at the right hand of God almighty someone praise him this morning someone give a shout so let me say this you can be successful and triumphant in this life you can produce and deliver and acquire wealth. You can earn the respect and the applause of your peers. You can surround yourself with loyal admirers. Check social media platforms for likes, comments, and attention. You can climb the biggest mountain and look upon the beautiful horizon. You can stand on the crashing surf and take in the roar of God's beautiful ocean. You can stroll beneath the shadows of masterfully created skyscrapers in metropolitan areas. You can partake of the amenities of the big city. You can visit Rome, Italy, Paris, and view the most beautiful pieces of art. And you can see the seventh wonders of the world. But none of it, none of it will fill your entire heart. All of the above is beautiful, delightful, valuable, noble, admirable, and respected. But you will still sit at life's table with people that admire you with a deep yearning in your heart 
all pursuits will leave you lacking. Only one will satisfy your deep longings. Only one will fill in every crevice of your heart. Only one will give you fulfillment in your wandering. Only one voice will soothe your need for belonging. Only one applause can squelch your insecurity. Only one affirmation can cease your striving. Only one sight can take your breath away and give you breath back. Everything and everyone is deficient, but Jesus, He is enough. He is enough. He is enough. To the downtrodden, to the forgotten, to the abandoned, to the wounded, to the sorrowful, to the disrespected, to those in need, to the rebel, to those that seem beyond reach, to the sinner, Jesus is enough. He is enough to lift your head. Jesus is enough to remind you of your worth. Jesus is enough to rescue you from despair. Jesus is enough to cure what ails you. Jesus is enough to recover what's been stolen. Jesus is enough to wipe away your tears. Jesus is enough to redeem your pain. Jesus is enough to give you back laughter. Can you give him praise this morning? Jesus is enough to heal your emotions. Jesus is enough to eradicate your fear. He's speaking to you. Jesus is enough to answer your questions. Jesus is the only one that can forgive your sin and make everything right that was ever wrong. In Jesus we find everything. This is my story and this is my song. I sought the Lord and he delivered me and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. He didn't fail me then and he won't fail me now. Can anybody give him a praise this morning for that? Can anybody give him a praise this morning for that? Can anybody give him a shout of praise this morning can anybody give him a praise an ovation of glory he didn't fail you then he won't fail you now keep standing I sought the Lord and he heard me and he answered he delivered me from alcohol and wrongful decisions he didn't fail me then he won't fail me now and that's why I trust I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. And he delivered me from a life that was entangled in rebellion. He didn't fail me then and he will not fail me now. And that's why I trust him. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. He delivered me from cigarette addiction. Didn't fail me then, he won't fail me now, and that's why I trust him. Amen. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered, and he delivered me from feeling worthless. He didn't fail me then, and he won't fail me now, and that's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. He delivered me from insecurity and low self esteem. He didn't fail me then and he won't fail me now. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord. And he heard, 
And he answered. And he delivered me from me. He didn't fail me then. He won't fail me now. And that's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard, and he answered. He delivered me from a horrific eating disorder. He didn't fail me then, and he won't fail me now. That's why I trust him. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. He answered me. He delivered me from being the black sheep, not believing that he could ever use me for the kingdom. He heard my cry in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, at a drug and rehab facility. He heard me. He, I trusted him. He heard me. and He didn't fail me then, and he will not fail me today. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, give him the best praise this morning. Keep standing. Keep standing. Hallelujah. Team, if you're not up here, if you will join me, they're going to sing that song we sang earlier, and the rest of you can go down. Thank you so much.